0: Wow. I want to thank you for your generosity last Sunday. It looks like we brought in enough money to cover our turkeys. Amen. So yeah. Yeah. And uh, Target is helping us out this year, so that's awesome. And um, we are just blessed in that way. Um, I want all of you to have a very, very, very happy Thanksgiving. Um, uh, my plan is to travel. I'm going to plan on traveling down to Houston for a couple of days. And. Um, That'll be awesome, but if you're traveling, please be careful. Um, I think pastors Trent and Hannah are traveling too, so yeah. So hey, come help us decorate the church uh, this afternoon. And uh, yeah, Pastor Trent had got this new idea, and so we're going to build something. So if you know how to build, come join us. Uh, okay, um, I'm going to finish up our Thanksgiving series. Today on the subject of um, gratitude adjustment, and <clears throat> I've been making the point, been making the point that um, it's important to have a gratitude adjustment when we lose sight of how blessed we truly are. As a matter of fact, I've, I've said every week that our gratitude quotient. The level of our gratitude is affected by many things. It is sometimes it can be affected by negative things. So we focus so much on the negative that we that we don't see the positive, and so we don't we're not thankful for what we do have. We just focus on maybe what we don't have. Other times, our gratitude quotient can go down just because we take the blessings for granted. Like we know they're there, but we just we just are used to living with them. Like, you know, just. It becomes mundane to us because we're just so used to it. And even in those times, it's good for us to have a a gratitude adjustment. To say, you know what, there are just moments in my life that I need to just pull back and say I'm thankful for all of the good things in my life. I mean, there may be sometimes we would say, and I'm thankful for some of the bad things that have happened in my life. Because they've perpetuated me toward the goal that that I have, my destiny, my God-ordained future, the plan. And so when you think about that, you think about the reality of of our gratitude. I've, I've talked about that in order to have a gratitude adjustment, we need to understand the importance of recognizing where the blessing comes from. All right, That was the first week, where the blessing comes from. That every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. And so the blessings in our life don't come from our own ability or our own, our own shaping of our world. But in reality, the blessings in our life, they all come from God. And I, I made mention in that sermon, I said, you know, it's, it, you know, we think, well, but no, wait a minute. Now, now I make money because I have a job, but, but it's God who gave you that job. And, and, it, and it's God who gives you the ability to do that job. And so, and so when you step back and you're examining your gratitude, remember that it's the talent, it's the gifts that God has put in you that allows you to do those things in life. And so it's very important for us to remember the blessing comes from God. Everybody say, the blessing comes from God. Last week we discussed this very important thing, is that we got to remember the blessing itself, Right. I mean, it's not only that the blessing comes from God, but, but it's good for us just to step back and, and, and take note of the goodness of God in our life. I mean, can you, can you even right now in your mind think about moments in your life you say, well, you know what, God did that. And, and God did that. And, and God did that. And just take a moment. To do what the psalmist did so often, and we rehearsed that last week, so often the psalmist went back and he just praised the Lord. Give him thanks. Remember his good deeds. Don't forget his benefits. And if we do those two things, it kind of sets us up that we recognize the blessing comes from God, and we also recognize the blessing itself. It sets us up for the third element of our gratitude adjustment, and it is simply this: we have to learn to share the blessing. See, not only do we need to recognize where the source and who the source is, and we, we don't need to just recognize the blessing, except but we, we need to remember that God blesses us for us to be a blessing. I mean, this is the very nature of God. Do you know so many times you, you, you understand these these verses and and i've re- i've even rehearsed john 3:16 in this series that for god so loved the world that he gave that he gave he took out of his abundant blessing and he pours those blessings out on us not for us to hoard them not for us to store them up in our own in our own little world, and, and, and not for us to be stingy with them, but God blesses us in order for us to be a blessing to others. You know, I think about the, the story that Jesus told about the rich man that, that filled all of his barns up, and, and he's like, I'll build bigger barns, and then he built bigger barns, and, and then he built bigger barns, and then finally he said, you know what, So just go ahead and take your rest, because you have all that you need. You don't need anything else. And he stored all of this up. And then Jesus said that he was a foolish man because God would require his life that very night. That he was so interested in keeping it instead of sharing it that, that he didn't realize that his the, the own finality of his life, and as it, as it is, you know, there's um, no U hauls behind hearses, right? I mean it would be nice if we could we could live like Egyptian uh, king or Pharaoh mentality where they stored up all the treasures in the uh, pyramids thinking that thinking that in the afterlife that they would have all of this wealth and take all of this with you only for a thousand years later for tomb raiders to go in there and steal it all and and we can see their treasures not wherever their heaven is. It's in museums. Or on the black market, but but it's but it's not with them, because you really, you really can't take it with you, right? But what we can take with us is the blessing that we have been to others. Matter of fact, in our key passage in Second Corinthians chapter nine, I, I'm, I'm reminded of this over and over again. Let's we're going to skip down through. Um, Through this passage today, 2 Corinthians 9, let's start with verse 7 today. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. Who in the house wants to be a cheerful giver? I certainly don't want to be an angry giver or a a begrudging giver. But God loves a cheerful giver. And, And then he says this, And God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Where are you abounding in it? You are abounding in these good works through the blessings that God has put in your life. But I think the words here are very clear. Each of you should give as a cheerful giver. And it is true that God blesses us so that we can abound in every, in every good work. Matter of fact, he goes on in 2 Corinthians 9 with verse 10. He says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous. On every occasion and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. What a thought. I mean, I hope you can see how this is unfolding. That God supplies seed and he enlarges the harvest. That's from the seed that is sown of your righteousness, your right acts. And then he enriches you so that you can be generous on every occasion. We used to say it like this you can't outgive God. That somehow, if we understand this principle, this fundamental principle of God's Word, Jesus even said, It is more blessed to what? It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And then he, and then he, made, he made this statement. He said this He says, For what you Meet out what you give out is going to determine what comes back. And this is even an example in the first part of, of this passage. We didn't read that verse today, but the sixth verse talks about if you sow sparingly, you'll reap from that, sparingly, if you'll sow generously, you'll reap from that generously. There's no condemnation there. What it's simply saying is that if you sow on a one-acre plot, you're going to get a one-acre harvest. But if you sow to 10 acres, you're going to get a 10-acre harvest. Or 100 acres, you're going to get a 100-acre harvest. That that God is going to bring this back into your life in such a way as you will recognize that I have been blessed to be a blessing and the more I am blessed, the more of a blessing I can be. I mean, to me, it it just astounds me of, of, of how God's word works in this area. And I know that there have been people that used, have used it for manipulation. And churches have, have done that. And ministries have done that. And, and, and they, try to, they try to put price tags on the gospel. And that's not what I'm preaching today. That's not what I'm saying today. You know, I can't stand up here today and say that if you, that if you give $777.77. That God will bring back to you seven thousand seven hundred and seventy seven seventy seven. Because I'm not the Lord of the harvest. But I will tell you this, that when you give, there is a promise in God's word that you will be blessed. And if you understand this gratitude adjustment, that a a big part of us being grateful for what God has done for us is for us to act like God. You say, how do we act like God? He's a giving God. He's a blessing God. And when we take on that nature, when we, when we accept in our life that every blessing that God has given me through talent, through time, through my treasure, that every blessing that God has given me in my life, it was given to me for a purpose beyond myself. That God gave this to me in order for me to be a blessing to others. I Think about... So many times in, in our lives, we have the opportunity to be a part of something that is bigger than we are. So I think about even the operation of a church, a local church, is, it's, it's amazing how that, how that collectively we can do something that individually we probably, we probably could never do. I mean, I don't know about you, I, I'm not Bill Gates. Well, I probably do know about you. I don't think there's any billionaires in the house today. If you've been hiding that from me, I need to talk after church. Oh, I pray for it every day. <laughs> you know, you say, "Well, Pastor, you know, I, you know, I'll start, I'll start, I'll start being a blessing to others when." when I reach a certain point. And I think what Paul is saying here about deciding your heart and we'll talk a little more about this in a second but, but, but I just feel it right now. I want to mention it right now that, that what Paul is saying here about deciding your heart in this, in this verse is that you have to assess your life You have to assess your circumstance, and somehow or another, if your heart is in tune with the heart of God, God will show you how to be a sower where you're at right now. And you may not, you may not even feel like it is a significant thing, but I I just want to encourage you today to start somewhere. Start somewhere. Now I know that you know, many of us in this room have structured our lives to, to talk about the tithe, which is the 10% of the increase in our life, and talk about the offering, which is a percentage above the 10% that we give out of our own, of our own seed, because the first, the first 10 is God, and that's the principle of the tithe. But let me, let me say something about that right now. I've encouraged people over and over again. I mean, if you're there and can, and can, and can do that, that's amazing because you're going to be blessed on that. But the reality of it is, is that if you're reluctant, if you're living a life of reluctance where, where you're like, well, I just, I just can't get, I don't, I mean, I just, start where you're at. Start somewhere and work yourself up. Because the Bible declares that, that he will supply seed to you if you'll do it. says, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous. Verse 12 of this, I'm not going to read that verse there, but in verse 12, he makes mention of the fact that, that this, is, this act of sharing the blessing is a service. He said, man, I want to serve the kingdom of God. Well, giving is a part of that service. And then in in verse 13, he makes it clear like this. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. This is a prayer that I pray. I do pray it when I pray for the offering here, but I pray it over my own life praying God give me more than i need so that i can be generous on every occasion you know i'm not i'm not asking for better cars or bigger house i just want to be a blessing And this strikes me in, the, in this, in this chapter, because I know a lot of times when we talk about finances, we go straight to 2 Corinthians 9. But if we back up one chapter, I think we could, we could understand a little bit more as why Paul is stressing this so heavily to them. 2 Corinthians 8. Verse number 1, it says, And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Listen carefully to these words. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able. Listen to this. And even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, in the love we have all kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. See, this whole whole scenario in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 speaks of Paul encouraging the Corinthian church. Now, this is important because the Corinthian church was affluent. The Corinthian church was not experiencing extreme poverty. They were not going through a severe trial. These were wealthy people in a very prosperous area of the world at that time. And Paul is encouraging the Corinthians to follow through on a pledge to give to help the poor believers in Jerusalem. And in this he uses the example of the churches of Macedonia who out of their own poverty, out of their own trial gave not only as much as they were able to give, but they gave beyond their ability. Because of their willingness to share, God literally gave them the seed to go beyond their own capacity. Think about that. This is a powerful, powerful lesson to learn. As Paul wraps this all with the ribbon of grace. The New American Commentary points out, it is interesting that Paul understands that God's grace does not lighten the Macedonians' afflictions nor remove their deep poverty. Instead, it opens their hearts and their purse strings to others. He goes on to say, but Paul is not stooping to any gimmicks in fundraising. He is not trying to raise a larger amount by inciting competition between the churches to see who can raise the most. The amount does not matter. It's the spirit behind the giving that does. Would you stand with me today? When we follow God's grace by sharing the blessing, he supplies the seed. I want us to bow our heads for a moment. Father in heaven, this off time is a difficult subject to address in a lot of people's minds and hearts. as You challenge us with your word. I pray today that everyone under the sound of my voice would feel the impact of a gratitude adjustment in their life. I pray that the seed in our life would be recognized, that the source of the seed would be recognized, but that also the purpose of the seed would be recognized, that the purpose of the seed is not just for us to consume it all, although you do give us seed to make bread for food. There's seed in our life that's meant to be sown, and it is from that sown seed that we see the harvest. And I pray today that this would be a revelation in people's hearts and in people's minds. Today there would be a revelation come to our spirit that we would be the kind of givers that you have called us to be <coughs> I thank you Lord for your word and for your power for your grace I believe you Lord I thank you Lord in Jesus name everybody said amen to that going to close our service today just a few moments Pastor Trent will call the prayer partners forward if you need prayer for anything in your life uh, step forward and let's believe God for a miracle today in this service before we do that I'm going to invite the ushers to come they're going to wait upon us for the altar today. there's three ways to give here at Triumph you can give in the buckets uh, you can also give online at Triumphulsa.com, that's PayPal and you can also go to text to give it's tithely set yourself up and you can give anywhere from anywhere around the world yeah, God bless you let me pray over this offering, Father we thank you right now for this offering we thank you Lord for the people that have had a heart to give and I just pray in Jesus name that you would supply the needs of the church the ministries Lord that we are endeavoring to do and I thank you for that I also pray today that you would bless us Lord abundantly that you would give us more than we need so that we can be generous on every occasion. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Alrighty, God bless you. The usher's coming. Stay where you're at. Pastor, i to dismiss you in a second.